beautiful long-time girlfriend Patricia Holm, their stalwart friend Peter Quentin, and the colourful and not-too-bright former gangster Hoppy Uniats, who has become sort of the group's mascot, arrive in Miami Beach in response to a letter from one of Patricia's friends asking for help. When they get there, they find that Pat's friend and her father are missing, and shortly after that, a ship is torpedoed and blown up right in front of their eyes. A dead body washes ashore at Simon's feet. Well, naturally, that's too much temptation for even a saint to withstand. Simon has to get to the bottom of the whole sinister affair, which launches a fast-paced adventure that climaxes in one of the most suspenseful scenes I've ever read. The Saint in Miami truly defines edge-of-the-seat entertainment, and it's told in Charteris's breezy, finely polished prose that manages to be funny, hard-boiled, and exciting all at the same time. I didn't have to worry about this book not holding up. It might as well have been written yesterday by a master author at the top of his game. In fact, it was even better than I thought it would be, as the bishop said to the actress. But you're about to discover that for yourself, because the saint is back. James Reasoner Chapter One How Simon Templer Dealt with Phantoms and Hoppy Uniats clung strictly to facts. 1. Simon Templer lay stretched out on the sands in front of Lawrence Gilbeck's modest twenty-five-room bungalow, and allowed the cottony breakers pushing their way in from the Atlantic to lull him with the gentle roar of their disintegration on the slope at his feet. Although it was an hour after a late dinner, the sand was still warm from the day's sun, Overhead, the celebrated Miami Moon, by kind permission of the Chamber of Commerce and the Department of Public Relations, floated among the stars like a piece of luminous cheese, looking more like the product of one of Earl Carroll's electricians than a manifestation of nature. The moon dripped down a silvery opalescence which left black shadows in the areas it missed. The shadows deepened the tiny indentations beside Simon's nose, and for a moment, gave an entirely false suggestion of care and worry to his face as he looked at Patricia Holm. That the appearance of care was false, Patricia knew. Commonplace care was a disease of modern existence which was incapable of infecting the exuberant life of that amazing modern buccaneer, who was better known to most of the world by his queer nickname of The Saint than by the names which were recorded on his birth certificate. Worry he might cause to the plodding members of many police forces throughout the world. Worry he certainly had caused in lavish and sometimes even fatal doses to very many members of that loosely knit fraternity which is popularly referred to as the underworld, even when it lives in much greater luxury than most respectable people. But the worry stopped there. It was something quite external to the saint. If it ever touched him at all, it was in the form of a perverse and irresponsible worry, a small, irking worry that life might one day become dull, that the gods of gay and perilous adventure who had blessed him so extravagantly through all his life so far might one day desert him, leaving nothing but the humdrum uneventfulness which ordinary mortals accept as a substitute for living. He reached out a brown hand and trickled sand through his fingers onto the arm which Patricia was using as a pillow for her spun gold hair. 
You know such fascinating people, darling, he said. These Gilbecks must be specially good samples. I suppose it's that open-handed New World hospitality I've read about. Turn your house over to a gang of strangers and just leave them to it. I expect it has a lot of good points, too. Your guests don't have a chance to get on your nerves. Probably they'll send us a wire in a month or two from Honolulu or somewhere. So nice to have had you with us. Do come again. Patricia moved her rounded arm to ward off the trickle of sand which threatened her hair. Something must have happened, she said seriously. Justine wouldn't write me that she was in trouble and then go away. But she did, Simon insisted. Come, she writes to you. All is not well. My father is moping about the house, bowed down with some mysterious grief and woe. Something sinister is going on. So what do we do? I remember, said Patricia. But keep on talking.